tuning you in now to the LBX Daily Show. Brought to you by the LBX Collective. Your community to connect, engage, and inspire. Now, let's get ready to roll. With your hosts, Christine Buer and Brandon Wiley. All right. Hey everyone. We're like we're like crammed into the same, I know, com- you know, the I same know. screen. This is this is such an interesting perspective for us. We're just doing this all new. I'll see how mm-hmm. this works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So clearly Christine is here in That's Phoenix, right. you know, in the office. And so yeah, we thought we were gonna move everything over to another table and we're like, uh, let's just see if we can do it at my one yeah. single state of desk. We're standing up in the same yeah. frame. It's just so interesting. Yeah, it's really yes. weird. Yeah. Ah. But uh it's all right. Yeah. So hey, we'll, here we'll we make are it, make it work. That's right. Uh, all right. Well, so first of all, we've got the latest thing report just came out this morning. Mm-hmm. And it is the first out of eight newsletters that are going to cover everything of note within IAP Expo. I yeah. mean, I think of everything oh, that at least so Kevin considers interesting. Yeah. So incredibly comprehensive. Yeah, yeah. And so like the first part of this first episode or the first episode, this first newsletter um, is going to look at immersive attractions on the show floor. It's also going to have the impact of VR and uh, VR attractions on the business. Mm-hmm. And then also talking about the latest flying theater and immersive attractions. So cool. And then what do we else we got? We have, um, oh, and then just, I think in general, he's going to talk about how VR and, and what he's thinking about the overall longevity of VR tech in the market as well. So That's he'll right. cover that in the third, it's kind of like the third segment of his thing and plus a bunch of other stuff. So yeah, if you don't have the single report, go to thesingreport.com and download the, uh, or in like sign up for it so basically mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah you don't want to miss this series it's going to be a really good one kevin's always got such great information and all these guys so yep. awesome cool so okay so obviously i rolled in last night <laughs> and i was sitting in my airbnb trying to calm down well not calm down but you know what i mean after a flight you just try to get yourself settled mm-hmm. and organized and i couldn't get my new series that i've been watching on netflix so anyway i ended up thinking let's just check out this squid game um, because I've been hearing a lot about it. It's been rating really high in Canada. And I thought, you know what? I've watched the movie. Let's just see how this actual reality series is doing. So I pulled it up on my um, Netflix last night and checked it out. And I'm going to say this, guys, this is a spoiler alert. <laughs> so if you haven't watched Squid Games, I'm going to be talking about some of the elements of it. So plug your ears or just know that um, it's not going to ruin everything. You'll you'll still so Squid Games, the movie, or Squid Games, the, the game show? We're going to talk about the game show. Right, but it's not going to give away spoilers mm, for the movie. It will. Okay, I mean, if right. you haven't watched the movie, you're going to kind of get an understanding about a okay. little bit about what it's about. But don't worry. It's not going to ruin it for okay. you at all. Um. Anyway. Okay. So in the in the movie, what happens essentially is that uh, people are kind of pit against each other and they have to play these different games. The first one that they play is called Red Light, Green Light, where there's this big robot sitting far at the back and everybody's dressed in these really weird, awkward green suits and they have to run really fast to get to the other um, end of the room, right? But what happens is there's a robot there and so the robot turns and its head and goes, okay, red or green light. And that means you can run. But then all of a sudden the robot's head will turn back and it goes red light. And if it's, you have to stop before it sees you. Mm-hmm. If it sees you move, then what happens is a little shot will hit your uh, chest or whatever and you're out of the game. And so what they're having these contestants. Like a, like a gel blaster shot? Yeah, like, like a, a gel, paintball? Yeah, it's like thing? paintball. Or, like yeah. It looks black, so it hits oh, them okay. and they know all they're right, out. Right. And cool. you can see in the background, actually, there's these people, the, um, the people that are dressed up in the red suits that are supposed to be the game show um, judges or whatever or the 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 rulers of what's going on looking through video screens and they're actually kind of shooting with some sort of mechanical gun these people and then these people must have been told if you get shot you have to be melodramatic and like fall over like you're dying or something like that so anyway really well done um the second game they play is very similar to the movie it's called uh dalgona and it's a sugar game 
where um, you have to take a pin and you have to scratch out a shape inside of this sugar honeycomb mixture, right? So you have a circle, a triangle, which would be fairly easy to do, um, a little star. And then the last one is an umbrella. So if you can imagine, hmm. you're scratching out this kind of shape. And if you break the shape, you're out of the game. And it's very hard mm. to do. So what people resort Jeez. to is licking the shapes. And what it does is the, the liquid from your spit, it's kind of disgusting. <laughs> it helps with breaking down the sugar and to cut out your shape, right? But nobody wants to get the umbrella. So there's a little drama around what occurs there and people dying and it gets really melodramatic. Now, the next game that happens, and this is the one that I thought was really interesting, is um, in the movie, it's actually supposed to be a tug of war. Okay. And so there's this massive bridge and people are tug of warring and they get pulled mm -hmm. to their death, essentially. Right. Um, and so all the contestants are lining up to be in part of this tug of war. Right. And so they're getting their strongest players and, you know, thinking and calculating, calculating and strategizing for this. But what ends up happening is the two teams go in to play against each other and it becomes a big game of battleship which is so cool. So here, I'm going to share some pictures. Now, bear with me. I just, oh, oh there they are. Okay. Um, I just pulled this oh, off of the yeah, TV okay. last oh, night. So what happens here, you can see, is the contestants get to pick up the battleships and they're on two teams. There's the blue team and the red team. And this is the blue team here. And they go and they place their battleships strategically down on this board. And they also have to take a spot inside of the ships. Um, and then you have two captains at the front. One is the main captain, one's a co-captain. And they're helping to actually put the shots um, to shoot down the other team. Okay, so this is a picture of the blue team. Let's, uh, okay. Um, and then here you can see there's a picture of them actually firing the shots to the other side. The red means they've actually hit um, a ship on the other side. And then um, you can see here, this is uh, the red ship getting hit. The guy in the middle there, the tall guy, the 297, you can see, he's going to get here, hit here in a second. So you can see the top view of him getting hit. Now, what ends up happening is if your whole ship gets hit, everybody that's in that ship gets disqualified from the game. Um, but if your team wins and your team can win by shooting down two other ships, anybody that's left standing still gets to stay in the game, except for the team that loses their captains also get eliminated from the game. And so you can see it. it I mean, it, I think it's just so fascinating. Here's, here's another shot. You can see that this guy in the middle, his, his ship was shot. Um, and so he's been targeted. Now, if the whole ship doesn't sink, he's, he's still, is saved as long as his team wins. As long as his team wins. That's yeah. right. He is yeah, saved. Okay. And right. I thought, wow, this is such a cool surprise. And what a, an interesting thing of human battleship, right? Um, I think this would be such a neat thing to play if you were doing a corporate event or having, mm -hmm. you know, different kind of competitive games inside of your center. And I thought they did such a good job of setting this up and building the props and making it work. And the game psychology is absolutely amazing. Um, now, there was actually one group because there's a bunch of different groups that played each other in one group there was this lady who um had said that she was actually a mensa what is it a, she, mm -hmm. she's, she's yeah. from mensa mm -hmm. so, so yeah. incredibly so, yeah. brilliant but she her study had been in actual games so like board games and stuff like that and so it was really interesting to watch her set up the strategy of where she put the boats and where they actually shot their shots and she said that essentially um there most people will shoot a shot in a certain area on the board game and so they avoided that and they followed her strategy and she, they ended up winning after i think uh four wow. five or six yeah. of their shots it was really neat so yeah it shows it's a really a strategy that game it, totally 
Yeah, totally, totally. And anyway, what, what was really cool about it is that um, every time somebody gets eliminated in this game, $10,000 gets added to the piggy bank. And at this point, that piggy bank is almost over $4 million. Great. And I think there's only 27 people left. So um, I think it's an interesting one to tune into. So you'll have to check it out since you haven't watched yeah, it. Yeah, I haven't even seen the actual Squid Game movie either. But I, I think what's interesting is that this, yeah, like you said, is a great opportunity for corporate team building and the set design is the set design is incredible as well like it's very complex um and yeah very interesting for like there's a there's a cool concept called game show battle room there's a couple of locations there's one actually here in phoenix but they have a number of other locations as well and so this would be a cool addition to the game show battle room concept where sure because they have like wheel of fortune and like price is right type stuff like you could do this this kind of thing in there as well so that's cool uh all right well there's there's a new We'll call it an, an immersive escape experience that's open now in Bad Steben in Franconia, which is an area just outside of Frankfurt in Germany. And so this place is an old former fashion store that was converted. It's actually really a small, pretty small amount of space, about 5,000 square feet. They've got three different escape rooms. The first one is just opening and it's called the Heartless Pirate. And what the, they're actually calling these dream labs because there's a whole oh. story behind this. So not only, I mean, they could have just created an escape room with some really cool immersive experiences, but they're actually trying to build a broader story around their, their total location in general. And so the story is, and I'm just going to read it here because I think it's best if you just um, you know read it. So according to their backstory, dream manipulation is the latest trend in the entertainment industry, whereby customers can personalize their dreams by selecting certain keywords. This method was developed by a U.S. company for which Alona and Thomas Ra, they're the two founders of this, who are named in the story, worked as scientists for over seven years. So now the couple's actually set up their own business and founded Dream Labs, the first and only dream manipulation facility in Germany, uh, according to the story. Mm, so okay. what they're doing is like, you know, again, you're getting into the story, which is you're going in and you're having your dreams manipulated oh, and, yeah. and they're creating this type of experience. Uh, and so, you know, it's very, very immersive theming. You can take a look here. They only have a couple of uh, pictures. So very in-depth theming here for the pirate experience. Um, you've got this dead pirate here and you have to go in and like like there's multiple different twists and turns you're going to it's sort of like pairing monkey island the video game with an actual pirates of the caribbean and then they've got a couple of other concepts that'll be coming out in early 2024 called cyberpunk so this would be i think pretty interesting and then uh, creeper as well and i'm not sure but just given the name of creeper it's probably gonna have to do with zombies or something like some subterranean monsters coming out to get you and what's, uh, you know, and, and then like each of these games around about a $250,000 to develop each one of these, like the actual cost to build. Wow. So, um, you know, clearly very, very well themed experiences. And do you know how big the, uh, the footprint of this, these the games are? The total footprint is 5,000 for the space, uh, 5,000 square feet. Then it's about each game, each adventure they're calling it, escape adventure is about 120 square meters, which works out to be about 1,200 square feet. Okay. So that's a little bit bigger than your typical mm-hmm. uh, actual escape room. So that makes yeah. sense for the cost, but yep. they look, I mean, they look beautiful. I yeah. think the whole idea behind this is fabulous. And what, what a great concept of the dreaming concept. Yeah. This, this is really unique I, I liked, and different. I liked the overarching story, but what I was disappointed about though, when I went to their website is that storyline that they told in the press and in their press release was not conveyed at all on their website. So oh, the website just made it look like, like, a, like just like an escape room experience. And so I think they really missed out on opportunity. Hopefully this is just the fir- first iteration of the website and they're going to make changes there. 
Yeah. And I think we see that a lot, right? Where the websites don't actually come through and they don't tell the whole story. So, you know, I, I guess we'll have to think of more creative ways to be able to kind of, you know, get that across to customers when they're coming. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah uh, good for us to think about yes, actually. Yes, <laughs> our facility. So, yeah. um, okay. Well, do you know what? Um, Canadians aren't the only ones adjusting to the cold right now. <laughs> um, also, we're seeing some turtles that are struggling. Um, so apparently there is this syndrome that turtles suffer from called cold stunning when they've been in cold water too long. And it happens because they're cold-blooded reptiles and they're adjusting to the temperature around them. And if things get too cold, it cuts off their circulatory systems and it slows them down and they're unable to swim or function properly. Can you imagine that? Just being sitting there submerged in cold water. <laughs> You're surviving, but you can't move and eat and do all those yeah. things. Oh my gosh, how terrible would that be? Anyway, apparently this is a regular occurrence and um, the Aquarians have adapted to this but what they started doing this year is they are starting to fly out these endangered turtles via private jet from New Hampshire all the way down to Florida so yes imagine uh, 52 of these endangered turtles got a super sweet ride on a jet Um, yeah exactly Um, and now they're sitting in basking in the sun in Florida which is super important because um, because these turtles are endangered, um, it's really important that they transfer them down there, you know, get their circulatory systems up and going. And apparently it helps prolong the longevity of the turtle. Like mm-hmm. turtles can live hundreds of years, right? And so they want to keep them alive. So they do this every year. And I guess in the spring, they'll get on a private jet again and they'll fly back to New Hampshire um, and go back into the waters of the aquariums there. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I thought so too. So it's not just, so it's aquariums, not actually like live, like, or like wild sea turtles. It's either. not wild sea turtles. They're in the aquariums, but I believe that the, the way the aquariums work is they're getting water from the outside that is right. flushed in. So they right. still get that. They get that cold. Yeah, that natural cold experience. Yeah. So imagine what okay. they would have done years ago. I guess were they dying off in the cold waters or were they just able to migrate down to Florida I then? I mean, I'm sure, they, I'm sure the wild ones migrate, but it's probably yeah. just the fact that they're captive that, that it requires. Right. They have to be transported and moved. Mm-hmm. So really interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway, though, the great news about turtles right now is that we're seeing record numbers of turtles nesting, which is really, really good to hear. Right. So mm-hmm. um, they're on the incline and uh turtles seem to be um having their day in the sun yeah no their day in the sun i like that yeah nice okay well so we got rascals fun zone i've never actually heard of this place which you know i guess it's in whiteland indiana so maybe it's not too much of a surprise sorry for all those who live in rural indiana Mm -hmm. but uh, i've never i've never heard of this this place but it actually was a pretty cool cool spot so like it's 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 like over 11 acres indoor outdoor go-karts they do have indoor go-karts as well but a much smaller track and then they have you know all of your other classic stuff they've got mini golf they've got some bumper boats outdoors but then indoors they have um they have massive arcades some spin zone and laser tag and like you know all the classic stuff that they that you you were going to find at a typical FEC. But what I liked about these guys, and the only reason I came across them is because they actually did a local newscast uh, where they were promoting their, uh, their, their photos with Santa. So their photos, oh, they, have, cool. they have a one day, four hours, and on a Sunday afternoon, December 18th, they're going to do photos with Santa. And instead of just announcing that to, you know, through their email list or whatever, they actually went on their local news and they talked about photos with Santa. And so I'm just going to actually play a little bit of the local newscast just for a couple of minutes, because I thought he actually represented himself. Together with each other. And what really I love well. most, Brad, is your emphasis on being part of the community. You guys are doing so much, not just being a business, but being a part of that with your reading program, as well as uh, the Santa event coming up. Let's talk about the reading program a little bit and, yeah. and the work you're doing there. So we have been working with schools from the second we were able to take over the business. Um, my wife is a teacher. Uh, we, we're just very, very uh, passionate about supporting educators and uh, you know helping kids, figuring out ways to incentivize them. 
And so we're trying to actively grow the program. We've got uh, several school systems in Johnson County and Morgan County at this point, and we think we can grow a lot more. But- so, you know, again, I just liked that he, uh, you know, first of all, went on, he was fully branded on the line. You know, he, had the, he had the beanie on, yeah. his orange. He didn't really explain why Charmander was sitting there, but like, I guess you could assume that it was there because he's one of the prizes you can win while you're there. Oh, I was going to ask. Rascals. He never really explained that. And actually, you can't see it because it was blocked here um, by by this thing. But he's got this big mallet as well from a game. And the the uh, whatever this guy is, the broadcaster here, he references this game with this big mallet at the beginning, but doesn't talk about the game really at all. Mm. He just is like swinging this mallet. So I feel like there could have been a couple of things that he could have done better to like tie into like what the experience is going to be. But he talks about the photos with Santa, mm-hmm. which is good, you know, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then he also talks about this reading program, which they just launched. It's just launched in the fall of this year. Okay. And again, the reading program is all about, hey, you read a certain amount. And he was going to explain it. But basically, you read a certain, you know, you, you set your goals in your classroom. And your classroom meets those goals, reading goals. And each kid is a part of that. So it's like one collectively. So it's yeah. not one individually. Oh, I see. So the classroom can win it. And you get you know, bring in gift certificates to come in and redeem at Rascals if you've read a certain amount. Sort of like if you guys remember. If you, uh, any, anybody remembers the book it program at pizza hut back in the day, like, well, growing up with pizza hut, like okay. we got little personal pan pizza after we, you know, for free, after we read a certain amount and we had to like fill up this little book at stamps. We got a pizza hut. So <laughs> oh, it was a really awesome. good program. Oh my gosh. Back in my day, we had this thing called the bookworm. And the only thing we got when we re- read a book was like a circle and we got to make this big worm on the big <laughs> Yeah. Things have changed, yeah, haven't they? Yeah. Yes. I mean, when I was in like kindergarten, first grade, we had the same kind of things. We like would get different stickers and get to put it. And like the ones who read more books had like a much bigger worm, or you know, in your case, yeah. worm, or much more, many more yeah. stickers next to their name. Yeah. Um, but uh, but these kind of programs are how easy is that? Oh, Go around totally. to your local school, and he said sometimes they'll even um, they'll even then come in and have a school party to celebrate the reading, you know, the success yeah. of the reading and bring in all the kids from the school and have a field trip there because that like, what a great way to. It is. And yeah. it's, it's a really, truly a great initiative. Um, kids are not reading enough these days, in my yeah. opinion, anyway, you know, they've fallen away from it. So to use our centers to drive that kind mm-hmm. of initiative is fantastic. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, okay. Who here is a fan of the Hobbit? Yeah, yeah, I knew. <laughs> I knew that one was yeah. going to be a fan of The Hobbit. Um, okay, anyway, there's this really cool Hobbit adventure you can partake in in New Zealand called Hobbiton. And I'm going to share a little video of it. And what it is, is you get to experience actually the movie set of The Hobbit. So let's just take a quick peek at it. We won't watch all of it, but just a little bit of it so you can see what it's like. Anyway, people get to go on a tour. They get to walk all through the lands. They get to explore Middle Earth. The whole set is 12 acres. They get to walk past Hobbit holes and mill around the world famous dragon. Why? Okay. Isn't that fun? Okay. So anyway, now here, and let's we'll we'll remove this from the screen. We'll stop sharing. Um, Okay. Now what they've done, they've expanded this experience so that uh, you can actually go into and explore a hobbit hole. So they've built two of these holes out at 85 or 80, 83% to human scale. So almost completely there. And it's similar to the ones that have been seen, seen in the film. Um, so there's a high level of detail. I'm going to just, uh, there we go. So this is a, a generated picture, but just wanted to set the stage here <laughs> that we're going to go into the hobbit hole here. 
And um, you can go inside, you can see what the insides look like um, uh, all around. Uh, you can walk through it, you can explore the bedrooms, you can explore the bathrooms, kitchen, dining area, and you get to kind of get a real tour of what it was like living in a hobbit hole back in the day. That's cool, awesome. Hey? Yeah. No, this is super cool. I would actually, th this this would make a really cool overnight experience. That's exactly like, I would love, love, love to stay at the ho in a Hobbit hole overnight. It, uh, totally. And I imagine that's coming, right? And then they'll have all the Hobbit characters come in and say hi. And you know mm -hmm. what I mean? You get to interact and then have a meal inside of the Hobbit hole and kind of do all that fun yeah, stuff, yeah. right? Yeah, like, have somebody come in and prepare a meal for you. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, but you get to eat it there, yeah. you know, at the table. Like, sure. And then, cool. but yeah. then what would be cool is then you can actually have a true adventure outside of the Hobbit hole, right? Where you're, mm -hmm. I don't know, something that, parallel to the movie and you get to you know go on an adventure collect things and oh yeah, oh, yeah. super no, neat that, that would be awesome all right well that wraps up our yes. first of five daily shows we're going to be doing together here in Ooh, phoenix so we'll get used to this yeah we'll, we'll get used to it it's a little bit a little bit off you know <laughs> you know little stand-up desk but that's all right all right lbxers this is cb and bw signing off stay tuned and keep kicking ass see you later guys